0: Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And If you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or online at northcitychurchmpls.com. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Pastor J.D. here. Uh, Hope you've had the chance to say hello in the chat. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how your New Year's was. If there's something you're remembering from 2020, I was happy to see over on YouTube, my children responded with Jesus, shows, and candy, which are all really good things most of the time. So, uh, yeah, you might be coming into 2021 and thinking, man, there is a lot that I want to forget about 2020, But hopefully there's some good things that we can hold on to. And so that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to look back a little bit. As a church, uh, North City was quite a year to be planting a church in the midst of a pandemic and a lot of social unrest. But God was speaking to us even in the midst of it. So today we're calling Hindsight 2020, which is actually the sermon series we started with in 2020 Uh, looking back at the Gospels, but we figured we'd steal the title just for one Sunday to take some journey back and look at some eclipse um, from 2020 sermons to try to piece together a little bit of what God was saying to us. Uh, Christian Ann, uh, we had a little birthday celebration for Rosie this weekend and Christian Ann came across this cake uh, that might characterize your feeling about 2020. Uh, Andrew, can you go ahead and show the cake? yes, this is a dumpster fire cake. The funny thing about this was I could see myself buying that cake, but she saw this after the New Year's. So apparently it was funny enough to laugh at and giggle at in the store, uh, but not funny enough to drop $40 on I guess. Um, but maybe you're feeling like 2020 was more dumpster fire than things you can pull away from it. But our hope today uh, is to look back and uh, appreciate the things that God taught us even in the midst of the year that had so many ups and downs like 2020 did. I uh, sometimes have this ritual before I go to bed uh, where I scroll through my pictures of the day of mostly my kids and I try to remember some of the best parts of it by sifting through the cute little videos of Jesse giggling or something like that. And we're going to attempt to do something similar to that. We're going to scroll through Uh, some sermon clips, some different things that God showed us so that we can pause before we jump in. Because sometimes one of the things to do when stuff isn't that great around us is to just keep our head down and keep going. I don't know if you have that tendency. I certainly do. We don't often take the time to fully appreciate and look back at what God has taught us. So let's do that together. And I just want to start kind of from the beginning. Uh, And uh, before I... I jump into kind of going through some of these clips. I just want to name that one of the things that God taught us in 2020 was to be nimble in where and how we gathered. Can I get a virtual amen in the chats? I put this image together. Andrew, if you could show that image of, I think, six different locations, at least six different locations. There's probably more that our church has been at since its grand opening, in late 2019 the first is Weber there that's where we launched then we quickly moved to Loring because we outgrew Weber and then the pandemic hit and we went online which was a location in itself and then in the summer we had the opportunity to be an outdoor church and worship outside in the fall we launched micro church or little expressions of us that met in backyards and different places all over and then we landed in Brookdale Covenant Church I uh, have been participating in a lot of different churches in my adult life. And I I don't think I've been at a church that has been at six locations within uh, a year and a half. So one of the things God taught us is to stay nimble. We kept talking about that. And I I can't even probably begin to imagine the resilience that that will build into our community, where we all know because we've lived it and experienced it, that church is not a building because we've had several different iterations of that for us. Church is us, the relationships we have with God each other, and our neighbors. So we started in January and February at Loring, and we felt like God gave us this vision for these four focuses. And we preached this sermon uh, where Christian Ann and I laid out kind of four focuses, and we had no idea what characteristic they would take on. Uh, And those four focuses were experiencing God, taking a risk, fighting for margin, and empowering kids. Maybe you remember uh, Christian Ann and I giving that sermon at Loring, and gosh, we had no idea what that would mean. So For some of us, this means experiencing God through an online service, which we never thought would be something that we'd experienced before in 2020. Taking a risk, my goodness, the risks that we'll, we've had to take this year and trying new things and different things, we could have never imagined what those were like in 2020. Fighting for margin uh, became, in some ways, easier because we had a whole lot of time on our hands because things really changed for us. In some ways, really hard because it's amazing how fast that time gets con- consumed with things that, that don't necessarily build us up. And it's been a challenge, just to say the least, to empower children in these digital times of connecting. And so, Uh, we never would have guessed what God would have done with those focus areas for us. But us as a community have had courage to pursue those even in the midst of all the uncertainty that we've experienced. And so I have to commend you all. For pursuing those things in the midst of it. The first sermon clip I thought I would uh, uh, take out uh, for us to remember back to some of the things that God said to us was actually from Easter. I don't know, that was a long time ago, it seems like in my mind, but if you'll remember Easter, I think it's the one and only time I have worn a suit, but uh, my authentic self compensated with the sermon slippers. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the premiere of the sermon slippers. There they are. They have sense of gotten an upgrade, and yes, I'm still wearing them in studio uh, today, I got a little upgrade of my Sermon slippers. Many of you love the Sermon sw- slippers, so hopefully those hang around for a long time. Uh, also I just couldn't bring myself to wear a suit fully, uh, so I remember that Sermon uh, I uh, revealed like halfway through it that I was actually wearing gym shorts. And talked about hashtag truth. And I had some corny analogy how Jesus can see the whole picture. But you can only see my suit or something like that. But that sermon wasn't all corny and cheesy. Uh, It it, it was this wonderful uh, way for us to pause. And I I even saw in the comments, I think it was Jill on YouTube said that uh, one of the things that she's trying to remember in 2020 of how precious life is. And we opened that sermon with a beautiful Mary Oliver poem that concludes with that line, what will you do with your one wild life? And I remember us talking about that seems so much more poignant in a, a pandemic that was just starting that we didn't, completely understand that there was fear in the air and once we once we were experiencing that in our bodies during the stay-at-home order uh, our life uh, became uh, we we started to look at it from different perspectives and I remember part of that sermon the one that I want to share with you is this quote from a Henry Nouwen book where he talks about what we do uh, in the midst of the anxiety that we experience that often starts way before there's big outside events and everyday anxiety And so I want to, I want to roll this clip and hopefully there's something that you can remember in this, or there's something fresh for you in it as well. Henry Nouwen has this wonderful book called Following Jesus. And he notes that it's called Following Jesus in an Anxious World, I think is the title. And he notes in these anxious times, and let's just be honest, before this whole pandemic, it wasn't like life wasn't anxious. We all experience this anxiety, this restlessness, and he says in this book that we either have kind of two general responses to this anxiety. One of them is busyness or franticness. We frantically fill our lives with things that we hope will fill our lives up until we're running ragged from one thing to the next, feeling totally busy and burnt out. The other extreme, we can freeze instead of be frantic. And we can kind of shut our life off and turn Netflix or whatever it else, whatever we choose to binge on in some sense. And I've felt both of those responses in this stay-at-home order, in this social isolation, in the midst of this anxiety. I feel frantic to fill my life with things, and I feel bored and frozen and lifeless. Henry Nouwen says both of those responses are not pursuing Life. So, how do we pursue life? Well, I don't know if that maybe resonated with you again—that freeze or being frantic in your life. Maybe you, like me, have had episodes of the ebbs and flows of that in 2020. As the layers of complexity that have been our here, our year, have hit us. But I remember concluding that message with the Easter hope that Jesus is our way, our truth. In our life, and I hope uh, that's been true of you this year. That there's been a reminder that even in the midst of the craziness, that Jesus welcomes us into that life. We talked about through relationship, He wants to come and make a home with us. We talked about to be a part of our everyday moving around, our everyday life. And I don't know about you, but I found a lot of hope in that reality. That Jesus, in the midst of whatever circumstance we're in, is the way. It is the truth. He's the one who reveals what's most true in our lives and the life, the one that uh, makes that one wild life we have worth it because he's the author of it itself. You know, when I was thinking about that uh, frantic or frozen, I couldn't help but think of those being two different emotions I felt a little bit later in spring uh, when our city was rocked um, by the uprising that came uh, from George Floyd's killing on 36th in Chicago. Maybe to some of you that's a distant memory now, but that was such a vivid experience for all of us who love Minneapolis so much. And I remember the pain uh, mixed with joy of uh, Christian Ann and I going on maternity and paternity leave right in that season when we know us, uh, we knew Our community was going through this, asking questions, being motivated to step in and respond in the ways that we could and we did, and I was so proud of the ways uh, that we did. But that was one of those times uh, in the season of our city and the season of this church as we navigated 2020 where we learned that following Jesus isn't easy. Following Jesus will always push us beyond our comfort zone because Jesus wants us to grow. And if we're serious about joining Jesus and making all things new. If we're serious about all the implications of the gospel, then he's going to lead us to places that push us beyond where we feel comfortable. And that's exactly the word that Adobe brought to us. And I remember this. Uh, she preached this amazing, powerful sermon. And we had we already had her on the calendar she was between uh, the conclusion of her family life coordinator position, and we hadn't yet hired her for the spiritual coordinator or spiritual direction coordinator position. And she came in her uh, in anduka garb. Her uh, Nigerian garb and preach this powerful, powerful message that I just grabbed a little clip of because I think it's so crucial for us to hold on to in 2020. So let me roll the tape or roll this clip on Adobe's awesome sermon. And I encourage you to go back and listen to this one. Die. So let me tell you something. If you are following Christ and you say Jesus Christ is your Lord and sa- Savior, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because as soon as you think, oh, I got this, all oh, this is good. Oops, something will shift. you would be like, oh my God, what? I mean, he will shatter you because he wants us to stay humble. He wants us to stay kind. You can't you know, follow Christ and think you got it all together. No, that, that does not work with Jesus. He will always trip you out. Don't get comfortable. Just, you have to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you get too comfortable, just know something's up. Just know someone just be like, okay, Lord, what's going on? This is, I'm getting too comfortable. Something's not right. Man, this has been a year that that sermon was perfect for. I don't know if you could have lived through this year without encountering the truth that uh, following Jesus means that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's something that will always stick with our community. That's something that God formed deep in our community this year, even through the pain, even through the trial, even through the tough conversations, even through the misunderstandings. God showed us that for us to grow, he is going to lead us to places where we don't always feel comfortable. I so appreciate Adobe's voice. Again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that one. I'm always excited when she preaches. Now, I'll put the pressure on her for a communion meditation. It's going to be amazing. Stick around. (laughs) Uh, She's laughing in the background if you can't hear. How many of y'all are ready? Uh, We're only like a few weeks into winter and you're starting to daydream about summer. Anyone else? Kara's hand shoots up in the back of the studio. I don't know if you're with her and me on that but do you remember summer remember uh, at north city it afforded us this cool opportunity to be able to worship uh together outside it also afforded us this cool opportunity to pivot in some ways and gather together in smaller groups outside and i I, i'm going to look back with such such fondness about our outdoor gatherings we had at victory park and some of you who are a part of our community now came to be a, a part of our community because you heard Kara's voice, or you heard someone's voice coming over the microphone in the park, and you said, Well, that sounds like worship music. I'll check that out. I know that's at least one of your stories. And people found us because we worshiped in the park. And I thought it would be only fitting to reach back into the vaults of our sermons and look at one of the more crucial sermons that was preached, one of the crucial things that God taught us at the park. And I think this was our vision Sunday in September where uh, I shared this message where I challenge us to not miss the moment. And we were talking about our theme of fighting for margin, and we are talking about how often there's times of disruption in our lives. And those, though, though those are hard to walk through, we don't want to miss the moment for what God might be saying for us in those times. We don't want to miss the invitations God has for us to reorient our lives towards him in the disorientation. So let's hold on to that truth this year. Listen to uh, this short sermon clip where I explain uh, off of this uh, beautiful passage that we return to multiple times in the New Testament from Matthew 11:28, 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble at heart, and I will give rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light i was riffing on that scripture a little bit and i shared this analogy and word for our community but we attempted to uh craft a garden in our yard uh the first year that we moved there we carved out some space from our front yard we tilled it up and then we planted plants and then that's about all we did (laughs) and pretty soon what happened is that a lot of other things came in and joined the garden if you will a lot of other weeds a lot of other things that sometimes look beautiful but also choke out the beautiful things that we planted as well and i learned from that experience and i'm not an extensive gardener but i learned that what you create space for in the garden will grow that's what cultivate if you cultivate space for specific things if you're intentional with the space covering up with mulch weeding that sort of things that's what will grow and blossom And the same is true of your life. What you create space for in your life is what you grow into. What you create space for in your life is what you grow into. When Jesus uses this agrarian metaphor of take my yoke upon you, it's this invitation to cultivate one's life the way that he cultivates life. If your life was a garden, if you imagine it as a garden plot, Jesus is saying, be a gardener like I'm a gardener and he has invitations, and he says that this is not a heavy yoke, this isn't burdensome, this isn't full of anxiety, that his yoke is easy, his burden, is light, and if you garden the way he gardens, if you're intentional with your life the way he's intentional with his life, then it restores your soul. Here's the word I think that God has for us in this, that You know, 2020 feels like uh, a storm came through my garden and wiped a bunch of it out. The way I used to spend my time, the relationships that I gave myself to, all of these things that quarantine and the pandemic took away from us, it's almost like they wiped some of the slate clean, uh, some of the slate clean, if you will. And I think in that there's this fresh invitation to return to the master gardener's voice to say, this is a fresh way to be intentional with our time. This is a fresh way to be intentional about what kind of space we are creating in our lives and what that will grow us into. Uh, God invites us again to his uh, relationship with us where he says, come alongside with me and I will give you rest for your soul. It's out of that margin that we took a risk. Uh, If you remember in uh, September we took a risk to try these this new way of being church, of micro churches, spaces where smaller expressions of who we are, were could meet and gather together, study the Bible together. And I don't know about you, but that kept me going to be able to see familiar faces uh, at certain points and study uh, uh, uh scripture together and actually interact with what was going on. I know many of you talked about how the screen was getting a little fatiguing uh, as you were looking at it. So it's been a refreshing thing to every other week engage in a different way. But also the fall led us to Brookdale, one of our newest partnerships and uh, exciting space for us to be in. And though we weren't there for that many Sundays, God still did some amazing things in that space, inviting us to the practice of Selah, the sacred pause, where we paused and tried to examine our lives and to elevate the things that mattered most. In some ways, out of that practice of listening to the master gardener to lead our lives and to create space for what we actually wanted to grow into, for what God actually wanted to grow us into. And one of those times uh, we talked about the book of James, which seems so prudent at the time, because we talked about finding joy in the midst of our suffering and struggles. And I, uh, as I was looking back at the sermons thought, oh, this one, this one will stay with us for a while. This practice of finding joy in the midst of our suffering is so crucial uh, because just because we're not writing 2020 on our checks anymore or our signatures doesn't mean that the suffering or these next few months won't be hard for us. So uh, I'm going to play this clip, and hopefully it's a fresh remor- reminder of how you and I can find joy even in the midst of our hardest circumstances. I think at this juncture, it's really important to distinguish uh, what James is saying. The, the, the scripture doesn't read, consider it pure happiness whenever you face trials. See, there's a distinction. I think joy in our culture has been muddled a little bit with the term happiness. And happiness is certainly something that we can experience, but I don't know about you, I wouldn't characterize my trials as full of happiness. And I don't consider myself happy when I'm facing them. So what's the distinction? I think I experienced the distinction or had one example of the distinction between happiness and joy when I saw Christian Ann uh, give birth to our two boys. Because let me tell you, she may tell something different, but I didn't see a lot of happiness going on in that delivery room. But I tell you what I did see. I saw tons of joy, both on my face, on Christian Ann's face, when our sons came into the world and even in the midst of it. She has this phrase that she uses called purposeful pain. And when you can see trials in your life and start to discover joy in the midst of them, it looks a little bit more like that. Less like the surface-y happiness that we know today. So that's what we're shooting for, that sort of joy. That's what James is saying we can experience. That's what he's saying the difference that Jesus makes in the midst of our trial, that we can experience that same Sort of joy. But how do we get there? How do we experience that? How do we experience that difference that Jesus makes in our life? The next thing he says is persevere in faith. So that, and it doesn't say it in the translation that we uh, uh, read, but your life can be brought to perfection is kind of how it says in the Greek. And when we hear that right away, we're like, "Excuse me, perfection? <laughs> no, thank you." Especially in the midst of trial, you're like, "I ain't hitting perfection anytime soon here." You know, I've got a temper every single day. And I, again, there's some clarification needed because this word of perfection that he uses he uses over five times in the book of James, and he does so because it's a theme for him, and he's using it in the in in the uh, biblical sense of perfection, which is more like our word wholeness. In the Old Testament, they use the word shalom. This idea that God brings all things together into integration instead of disintegration. Instead of living in a fractured sort of state, we live in a harmonious sort of state with God and others. So perfection is not like all the books on the row are perfect. It means that we have integrated lives, that we can take the challenges that come to us And they don't knock us so far off of our kilter that we don't know who we are anymore. The wholeness, the perfection that James thinks Jesus can make in our lives comes through faith and perseverance. And they're like two steps in the same discipleship walk. Stepping in faith that God will act in the midst of our trials, that the outcome of the trials isn't just up to us, but God's in it with us. And that gives us the perseverance to go through it. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to hang with that word for a long time, uh, to persevere in faith, those two steps. And I don't know about you, but listening back to that, I felt a pang of hope in me, a pang of, of yearning for that wholeness that I talked about, uh, that integration when everything seems out of order and not the way it's supposed to be. And I think as Christians, we need to lean into that space, lean into that with faith that God is working on our behalf for us, uh, working for those uh, he loves, working out good for them. And so here we are, here's 2021, and we're not where we expected to be. Uh, Maybe you in your own life, that's the understatement of the century. It's 2021 and I'm not where I expected it uh, to be. But that's where we are as a church. We're embracing the uncertainty. We're embracing the unexpected. And so the question becomes, how do we start 2021? How do we move forward in this as a community, uh, connecting in different ways than we expected, uh, not connecting as much as we expected? And as I was sitting and praying about this and calling out to God to give us direction for 2021, the phrase that came into my mind was spirit led, spirit led. So when I think about 2021, what I hope for for our community is to be a community that discovers in new and fresh ways what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit, what it means to live as Spirit-led people. Because I don't know about you, I said this in my Christmas uh, uh, reflection with Christian Ann, but I'm coming away from 2020 just completely humbled. I'm humbled not like someone who just receives an award or something like that and kind of gives out these platitudes like I'm so humbled to receive this award. I'm humbled in like the broken kind of way. I'm humbled in the kind of like desperate sort of way. And I think God can meet us in that sort of humility. God can meet us and do amazing things. And maybe in 2021, God was getting this church ready to do something by the power of his Holy Spirit and not on their own power. And so that's how we're going to start 2021. Uh, For all of January and maybe more, we're going to be doing this sermon series called Spirit-Led, where we're going to be taking a closer look, both in our micro churches and our gatherings together, about what it means to be a Spirit-led follower of Jesus. Yes, we're a community that's trying to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, but one of the primary ways that Jesus shows us how to follow him is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like? in our everyday life, and what does that look like for us as a church? So I want to invite you to come along with us on a journey these next few months, uh, particularly in January in your North City community, and as we're all gathered together to lean in to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. Yes, this has been a humbling year. Yes, this isn't what we expected. But if we have faith and perseverance and lean into what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, who knows where God will lead us next? Who knows what trials might be up ahead? Who knows what excitement and good things God might have for us as we're up ahead? Uh, Kara recorded the song a few weeks ago uh, with the band called Rest On Us. And I love this song. And I love this line that says, you are here and I know that you're moving. I felt like even though I didn't articulate those words at certain points in 2020, that's all the affirmation I had at certain points. That's all I could cry out to God, is I know you're here, and I know that you're moving. And I want that to be an invitation for us as we move into 2021, for us to proclaim, we know that you're here, God. We know that you're moving. Help us to be spirit-led people as we walk into 2021. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.